This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Ben McLaughlin joined this week by Austin Orman and Brett Witte. I think, gentlemen, this is the first uh, This is the first time this trio's, this trio's been at it, but... Um, we are going forth, going forward, with, with regardless of whatever lineup that we have. Um, let's just start first with uh, gentlemen last week and, and recapping. Brett, let's hear from you. Let's pull you on. Uh, where are you at right now with your squad as you make a, a late p- playoff run? Are you are you in grind <laughs> mode or are you in uh, are you in Jeremiah Searles territory? Well, okay, so I'm not quite in Jeremiah Searle's territory, but to say that I'm in, in playoff uh, playoff contention would be a stretch. I'm uh, a, sitting at four and six, not looking too great. I got beat 133 to 92 last week by mixed team, so not looking good, and my team is trending downward and downward and downward. Mixed team just isn't fun to go up against. Um, no. Brett, let's kind of go through your roster, and it's it's kind of puzzling how – you know, your guys have kind of traded turns. Russell Wilson, your quarterback, has played at elite status. He only got you basically 10 points last week. <laughs> Derek Henry has been pretty up and down. But you get Nick Chubb back, so you've got to like uh, at least your top three, your quarterback and your running backs, you know, could get you, you know, where was your running back situation trying to bridge the gap while Chubb was on IR? I mean, it was it was tough because I was just looking for a running back that was honestly a, more of a receiving back, and so I mm-hmm. picked up Latavius Murray with the Saints for that, and I don't think he ever scored over double digits for me, so <laughs> that wasn't a great experiment for the however five five or six weeks that Chubb was out. So, and then you get I've watched Kareem Hunt get all the carries, and that's not fun. Yeah, so. the first day if back running, from an injury. What did you think of uh, Chubb stepping out at the one? <laughs> Okay, well, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways, but I, I feel for all the betters out there that that hurt. I'll yeah. say that. Well, and the frustrating part for you, Brett, is you were going up against Kareem Hunt this week, mm-hmm. so that didn't make I it sure was. any be- <laughs> any better. Um, I was watching that game, and any time Hunt had, was on the field, it was, it was painful to watch. <laughs> so Mick's team needs to be renamed to just uh, running back, running back you, or whatever you call it, the <laughs> running back franchise, because... He has uh, owned more running backs in this league than a lot of teams combined, uh, but it's working out. Um, Christian McCaffrey been injured. Joe Mixon been injured. Jarek McKinnon been injured. Raheem Mostert been injured. All still owned by Mick Steiner. <laughs> Austin, how did you guys? How did your boys perform last week? Oh, I, I don't know if I've seen a, a worse week. It was it was bad all across the board. As I as I go back to my matchup, I lost to Lamar. It was a battle of attrition, 96 to 85. Not many points being <laughs> scored. I, I picked up Jared Goff off the waiver, waiver wire because he was going against Seattle. He only got me 10 points. So Seattle actually played well defensively there. 
Aaron Jones underperformed, as did pretty much all of Green Bay against Jacksonville. The one bright spot was Mike Evans, who put up just about 20 points. Other than that, though, it was a rough week. I left Justin Jefferson on my bench after he went off against Chicago. So if I slot him in there, I, I win pretty comfortably if I replace him with any of my other receivers. Robbie Anderson or Mike Williams weren't great either. So yeah, no, not not a good week. It's been a been a rough stretch here for the boats. We're down at three and seven, <laughs> just two games better than Jeremiah. So Austin, I gotta ask you, we on this seg on this show, on this podcast every week, before we finish up, we do start sick questions. When you were going through you weren't on with us uh last week, but when you were going through your lineup, did you think about Jefferson? Was he was he on your radar or, or was Anderson and let's just assume Mike Williams was the other one that would have been benched? I don't think you were gonna sit Mike Evans. Were, were was Williams or Anderson a thought to be benched for Jefferson at all? Definitely a thought. I had more more faith in the Chicago defense than I did in Kirk Cousins, though. So it was nothing mm-hmm. about Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's having a historic rookie year. So it, it was more that I thought the Bears' defense was going to be better and get really pressure Kirk Cousins. I, Mike Williams, I keep having high expectations for him. Not much has come of that. Robbie Anderson has been sneaky solid for me all year, yeah. averaging right about 14.8 points per game, which isn't top tier but you know that's that's solid points out of a guy that's usually in my flex spot so so I did definitely think about putting Jefferson in and it was a mistake not to right let's recap some of the other finals uh I beat Jeremiah Searles by 12 you know we've been making fun of Jeremiah he scored 112 this week okay that was a good good effort out of him uh had I lost scoring 124 (laughs) I would have relinquished hosting duties to somebody else and just uh, mailed it in for the rest of the year but (laughs) thankfully thankfully the Ravens choked big time and Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews only combined for like 16 points I started to get really worried on Monday night boys with the Bears and the Vikings because uh Searles had Bears D which was performing really well for a lot of that game and Allen Robinson who had a bunch of bunch of catches uh, early in that game so I ended up only winning by 12 it, it could have been a lot closer had they kept throwing Allen Robinson the ball or he scored one more touchdown that would have been disaster for me but got the win I needed it I, st- I think it snapped a four game losing streak for me so really needed that. Off the I don't schneid. think I'm. A, I don't think I'm a playoff team, but at least I, I'm with. I'm with Brett. I'm just, I just want to go down swinging. <laughs> yeah, and maybe and maybe, exactly. maybe play spoiler. Play spoiler to some teams. Um, you know, from here on out, Greg and Josh had a really close matchup, one twenty three to one seventeen, and, and and Josh has got to just be livid with their with the production from his receivers. Um, just. Uh, look at the at the under seven points combined with his wide receivers. DK Metcalf at four point eight, Travis Fulgham at one point eight. So that is just that's tragic production <laughs> at the receiver spot is what that is. Greg was able to to withstand the Drew Brees injury and goes down six point nine four with just a quarterback. Greg gets Green. zero from AJ Green, which is why is he still on a roster? I is is beyond me. He needs, he needs yeah. to be dropped like three weeks ago. But they, they value so, loyalty in Hickman. I I guess <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, so Josh has just got to be fuming because he gets thirty from Kyler Murray, he gets twenty six from DeAndre Swift, and he gets twenty from his flex, and uh, and loses a tight one by six. Uh, it's really a shame that Tim isn't on this podcast. 
So we, we can't figure out what the hell happened with Suryat's <laughs> inside source last week yeah. as he ran into Banda, who not only was the highest scorer of the week at 147, Tim was the lowest scorer of the week at 68.62. Tim's team is 6-4, and four, but I feel like this has happened multiple times this year where he's lost by close to 100 points, if not exactly 100 <laughs> points. I think it was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I think he lost by close to 102. I think it might have been Josh that did that to Tim. Uh, just just a very inconsistent bunch. Well, Arsur Yacht's inside source. Bando with the win improves to 8-2. and two. Just pure domination. Tim's best performer, fellas, was Deshaun Watson at 14.12 points. And I think oh probably my. 10 of those came in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, Keenan Allen gets a late touchdown. Second leading scorer of the week. That was the, uh, the the infamous trade that we did last week. I seem to ben- be the beneficiary to that so far as Aaron Rodgers inserted right into my starting lineup. Gets me 25 points to Keenan Allen's 13. But Tim can't be mad. Keenan Allen is the second highest scorer of his team. He had scores of 8.5, 8.6, 0, 4.2, 4, and 6. So Then look at his third- bench. Look what he left on his bench. <laughs> He Cole left Beasley ben with 28 and Ben Roethlisberger with 29. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, Tim could have added added his bench total to his starting total and still would have <laughs> lost by 40 points to Bando. Um, this is this has got to be a turn the page type week if you're Syriot's <laughs> inside source, losing by nearly 100. And uh, and then we talked about Josh and Brett's matchups as well. So let's run through some standings here, guys. I think you know quickly. There's just uh, a couple of weeks left before the uh before the the postseason begins in the east division josh and greg tied at six and four mick is at five and five a game back i'm two games back at four and six and jeremiah still uh bringing up the rear at one and nine his one win guys against josh banderas at eight and two (laughs) that's That's fantasy football for you gotta just love this thing and then out in the west bando at eight and two how about lamar lamar's team Quietly up there to seven and three. He's in second place in the league. Second yep. best record for Lamar, our fan. Five game win streak. Man, and and we'll get. I want to talk about uh, his roster here in just a second. And uh, Suryat's inside source at six and four, two games back. Brett four games back at four and six. You're in the wrong division, man. You got to hop over to the East Division. <laughs> we could be fighting it out there. And Austin uh, bringing up the rear in the West at three and seven, five games back. Um, so there are a couple of just individuals that I wanted to touch on here in the podcast, guys, that we haven't really talked about a whole lot. And I think, you know, talking with Ian Rappaport earlier this week on Sports Nightly uh, about the plan in New Orleans for the week. And I, so I, I've said this before. I'm in four leagues, uh, two in ESPN, uh, one in Yahoo, and one on Sleeper. And ESPN so far is the only – uh, fantasy football outlet to have um, Taysom Hill still has tight end eligibility. And this is complete BS for multiple reasons, but he is starting at quarterback uh, against uh, Atlanta this week, uh, later today. He's, so Taysom Hill will get quarterback points at the tight end position. I kind of feel like ESPN's missing the boat on this. This is so. This is uh, if I was going up against Lamar, I would have this band, you know, banned and boycotted. But he's going up against Bando, so I'm going to let it slide. 
That that's crazy. I mean, it, it reminds me a little bit of like Shohei Otani in fantasy baseball, yeah. almost. But man, to get quarterback points out of a tight end spot, I mean, that's you're looking at Travis Kelsey, George Kittle esque numbers from a guy that's going to be throwing the ball and probably won't catch it except from the center. Yeah, and 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 at a position that's just embarrassingly bad this year at tight end. We've talked about the tight end position a lot on the podcast, but. This is just, this is just uh, some good old fashioned BS. So good for Lamar. <laughs> he, he's going up against Gronk. So, yeah, Gronk. Gronk is the tight end. Guys, imagine this. Imagine because I was going to do the same thing that Lamar did. I was going to go swoop up Taysom Hill, replace him with whoever the heck my tight end is. I think it's like Logan Thomas, maybe. Slap him in there. Imagine. Imagine listening to the fit Greg Sharp would have thrown <laughs> had I had I put him in my lineup because I'm going up against Greg this week and you know we all we all know that Greg doesn't take defeats going down lightly like you know if he sees something that he doesn't like he's going to talk about it uh, this would this would definitely be be something that uh, would not fly uh, against the Hickman Jackrabbit so part of me part of me is glad. That I don't have to deal with hearing that, but another part of me was secretly hoping he would have ended up on my <laughs> roster <laughs> and uh, and listen to what Greg had to say about it because I think we can all understand how that conversation would have gone already. Oh without yeah, even hearing we can, it, we can all hear it in our heads. I will say this also reminds me a little bit of SNBL where we add add someone to the fans team a little later. Maybe Taysom Hill's the the Todd Helton of, oh, yeah. of the Bug Eaters of Star City. We'll just have to see. Right, and 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 I and that's where I'm going with that is is SNBL. Greg wasn't shy of throwing his opinions around. <laughs> oh. I don't know how many times on our Twitch streams I had to hear Greg talk about how many players he had picked from his team. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, Tim was the one that got shafted the most. Uh, was it Tim and, and Nate? I think that had a lot of their players picked off their. Tim rosters, had five but... players taken, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's half his lineup. Yeah. yeah, right. But yeah, Greg was the one that got hosed on that. So. Um, even though the Hickman Jackrabbits or the Hickman Harriers ended up winning the uh, the World Series, by the way, probably going to have another year of that, I would guess, coming up here on our on our Twitch channel. I'm I'm already thinking about my draft strategy and, and where I, yes. we're going, where we're going with that in the in the next edition of the show. Um, okay, guys, there there are a couple of other players I want to talk about before we get into Thursday's results. Antonio Brown, Brett, he's on your team. Um, I have to imagine you you've liked what you've seen what you've seen from Antonio Brown. Walk us through your receiver situation right now and where Antonio Brown kind of fits that mold. Well, the only reason I picked up Antonio Brown is because I just happened to come across uh, Adam Schefter's tweet uh, like about 30 minutes after he posted it where he said Antonio Brown has been lifted off the suspension list and is eligible to play and has been signed and all that good stuff. So I thought I made a good move in picking him up just so nobody else could have him because he's not mm -hmm. really a player that I'm a huge fan of. So he doesn't crack my <laughs> my top three uh, wide receivers just because I have I have so much depth at wide receivers. So he for me, he's like my five or six slot wide receiver. So he's only seen the starting lineup once and he kind of burned me there. So I, I don't know if he's going to make it back in there in the, these final three weeks. And, and the, the, you guys are a good duo to have on to talk about this because, uh, Austin, you have Mike Evans. And I was talking with a buddy about just the target share in Tampa Bay right now. You think about it, you've got, uh, obviously, Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin, who's back. 
Now you've got Antonio Brown. You have Tyler Johnson, who's hogging maybe three to six targets a game. And, and you've got Gronk. And that's not including the checkdowns to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. So Austin, while Brett is the one that benefits from Antonio Brown, that's another mouth at the table to feed. And I think we may have asked you about this last week, but what are your thoughts right now on the, on the target share situation in Tampa Bay? I, well, I think they should be throwing to Mike Evans every possession. I mean, that's that's the way I would draw it up. Mike Evans left, Mike Evans right, really? Mike Evans right, Mike Evans middle, Mike Evans screen, Mike Evans jet sweep. But, you know, that's probably a little unrealistic with an offensive mind like Bruce Arians. The one thing that I love about the, the target situation in Tampa Bay is that they all go to Mike Evans in the red zone. And why would you yeah. not? 6'5", 230, throw it up, he can go get it, he can box out. So he has, he has eight touchdowns so far this year among 40 catches. So once every five catches, he's in the end zone, essentially. And that's, that's a pretty good ratio. So as long as they keep going to him in the red zone, I mean, obviously they have plenty of options. Gronk could do it. Godwin's quick over the middle. Tyler Johnson has skills. But I think Evans is the biggest, most consistent body they have. So as long as they keep feeding him in the red zone, I think I can be okay with it. I, my stance on it has always been this. Tom Brady throws to guys that he trusts. Right? right. I mean, you know, in the red zone, he knows 13 is going to go get it. He obviously trusts Gronk. Uh, I think it's it's yep. it's pretty amazing how quick he's um, utilizing Antonio Brown and how much they're utilizing him. And it wouldn't shock me if as much as Brett hates Antonio Brown, he's he's a guy that has to start in two weeks because even his target share last week, I think he caught all of his targets. They, they designed a couple of like screens for him and quick hitters for him. Um, and he still is really skilled and really talented. He catches everything. So, I mean, he, guys, it wasn't that long ago that Antonio Brown was the number one player in fantasy football. That was like, what, yeah. three years ago that that was the hmm. case? Yeah, him so, and Big Ben. Yeah, yeah, so that could be a, a, and a I, good I think hate, I think hate's a strong word. He's just my, – <laughs> my team is built on character, and, and you gotta you have to show me some, some character yeah. before you can he, make my starting lineup. He is the outlier. Um Typically, Thursday night football is trash. It's garbage. It's just something for us to watch uh, to get through the week. That's not to be said for what we saw last Thursday. That was a really important week for a lot of teams in fantasy football uh, with some big-time players going. And we decided to go back to the tradition of having the the host, which is me and the two, two, two players that are playing <laughs> against each other, uh, back, back on the on the podcast at the same time. So Brett and Austin, you guys are playing each other this week. This matchup had a lot of implication on Thursday. How closely were you guys watching the Cardinals and the Seahawks on Thursday? I was I was a little busy with with face off, as as I'm sure you know. So I wasn't watching mm-hmm. too closely. But then I look up at the the scoreboard, and all of a sudden, Brett's put up 51 points on me with 20 from Lockett, 20 from Wilson, another 10 from Christian Kirk. I am not loving this start to the week at all. You get a, a a wide open touchdown to Chase Edmonds in the end zone, which was huge for you. That that pushes his total to fourteen point nine. He out projects his total. Brett, let me ask you because you have Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk, as Austin said. Are you happy with the the, the output of the three players, or do you wish you would have gotten more? I mean, I I feel like I, I'd be asking for a little too much to say I, I wanted more because Tyler Lockett overperformed probably a little bit and and Christian Kirk kind of did exactly what you thought he was going to do Russell Wilson I feel like should have had another touchdown I, I wish he would have gotten over the 25 point mark for me and then seeing uh, Edmonds get that that late touchdown yeah. 
really tough because uh, also having Kirk on my team. Uh, and then Larry Fitzgerald was actually on my bench. So I had two guys that could have taken that touchdown away from uh, Edmonds. Yeah, Fitz at 14.2 on your bench. Has he been in your lineup at all? What's what's his fantasy season been like? He's been more of just a bench player, and I think he filled in on a week where I had a couple of buys. But uh, the the reason that he outscored uh, Christian Kirk was because in, in, in the late two-minute situation, they ended up going to Larry, which I understand because he's the known quantity and he's got the, the – no, the, sure hands and everything sure. so they were throwing those little bubble screens to him and he was getting picking up all kinds of fantasy points on that last yeah. drive yeah a bunch of a bunch of points there at the end so that is a that's a pretty loud start to your guys matchup 50.78 to 14.9 um I, I would say no disappointments from either of your from your from your guys in there i think you're both in Certainly. pretty good shape at least at least you're not behind the eight ball like maybe some other teams are based on who they've played um, Josh, it was a big day for Josh as well. He had Kyler Murray and DK Metcalf both go. DK catches the the touchdown. Other than that, he was pretty quiet. So back-to-back, pretty slow days for DK Metcalf. He underperforms by nearly four points at 13.6. You'll take that. That's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray under four, underperforms at 20.26. Had that shoulder injury. Just never really was you know, him quite himself last night. Uh, but Josh isn't too far off script against him. He's still projected to win by 16 points. Uh, Jeremiah and Mick both had players going. Mick had DeAndre Hopkins, just 10.1 for him. And Kenyon Drake going for Jeremiah at 16 points. So over <laughs> overperformance for Jeremiah. Boys, he's he's projected to beat Mick by close to 20 points. And this would be a huge upset. And looking at Mick's lineup right now, the only quarterback he has on his team is Jameis Winston, who, as we know, oh. is not starting. So he better go find – oh, well, of course, Josh Allen, who's on the bye. But he's he's got to go waiver wire hunting for a quarterback this week. Yeah. That's not a great situation. Pulling up the uh, the list of available quarterbacks, the top the top four are Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and Tua Tagovailoa. Of those options, do you go with Tua against Denver probably? Tua or Tannehill Alex Smith probably. against Cincy. Wait, who's Tennessee? Tennessee's playing Baltimore, right? Yeah, that's a tough matchup. Ooh, I don't go. I don't go. Carr against Kansas City. He lit them up the first time they played. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. So and who is the other one? Maybe even you. Well, the uh, the other two options I would say are Tua, who goes to Denver, and Alex Smith, who the football team get yeah. the Bengals at home. And that could be a high scoring game. So I, it, it, for me, it's probably between Alex Smith and Tua. Um, I'm probably going to a, in that scenario, but I, I would not start Jameis Winston, no matter how many W's <laughs> he's eating. You didn't like his, his 2.32 points last week. Okay. I think he's projected for 0.8 this week. There you, so <laughs> there you go. No, not liking that. Okay. So, uh, Lamar, let's go back to his team for just a second. He starts Carlos Hyde and gets 17.5 out of Carlos Hyde, man. What a start for Lamar and, you know, boys, he's he's scraped together a pretty dang good team. Justin Herbert, who was a great pickup from him, um, he's starting over Lamar Jackson, who was a high pick for Lamar. Miles Sanders is fi- finally healthy. His he, imagine if Michael Thomas turns into what we thought he would be coming into the year mm-hmm. um, for Lamar. His team, his team would be looking really good. But uh, I'm a huge fan of his team, and 
Uh, we'll see, uh, you know, if he can continue a streak with Bando as well. So 17.5 for Lamar and uh, really hot right now, as Brett said. Yeah, Looking his activity at, uh, on the waiver wire might end up winning him, actually, the championship. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, okay, so other matchups this week. I mentioned I play Greg. Uh, matchup projections, 121 to 118. He's projected to win. Uh, we talked about Josh and Tim already. Uh, Mick and Jeremiah. Austin and Brett, as we said. And then Josh Banderas and, uh, and Lamar. Uh, based on our Thursday performer. So should be some tight matchups. And as we said, you know, those four and six teams, the five and five teams, basically going to need some luck to uh, to get in the playoffs. Let's look at the projective playoff bracket right now. So looking at this, only the top four teams uh, get into the playoffs and the winner's bracket. So um, looking looking like... You know, okay, so it looks like East West. I'm guessing it's the top two from each division. If the season ended today, Bando would go against Greg and Josh would go against Lamar. So that's kind of where we're at. And then us losers, bracket boys down there on the bottom. Playing for pride. Um, playing for pride. So some movement needs to take place. This is a huge week for me. I have to beat the Jackrabbits and knock those guys down a peg to uh to get into the the, the playoffs okay start sit boys i know uh we're probably not going to help each other out too much at least you two aren't because you're going up against one another but looking at your lineups are your lineups set or are there are there players that you're thinking about maybe playing that you're not quite sure if if uh you know what move to make really the only only start sit question i have is that my quarterback situation um I'm between Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins. So Stafford had his thumb dinged up or has hurt a little bit going up against Carolina. And then Kirk Cousins is going up against Dallas. I feel like they should be able to move the ball. So right now Cousins is in my starting lineup. But as we were talking about uh, the quarterback situation with the waiver wire before, I might, I'm even a little tempted to go, you know, take a look at two or Alex Smith or someone, someone up there. So which way would you lean on, on that one, Ben? So it's so funny that this is the situation. I literally just was texting a friend who has the same quarterback situation. He does not have Stafford. Uh, his quarterback is on a – it was Drew Brees, actually. So he's oh. looking for a replacement. And we, we kicked the tires on Kirk Cousins, and he had me weigh Kirk Cousins against Alex Smith and – trying to remember who else it was. Um it was mainly those two, I think, that, or a car. Car was the oh, other one. So we're, and I, I said I'm out on Car uh, because of the big game he had against Kansas City. I don't think he can replicate that. Here's my worry with Cousins. They're playing the Cowboys, who are awful. Um, my worry is that maybe they get a defensive touchdown, or Dalvin rips a couple off, and they're up 21 nothing, and then they're not throwing the ball a ton. Um, so I think you, you know, until Minnesota gets a comfortable lead. I think there's potential for Cousins to do well. I think his ceiling's a lot higher. So I like Cousins um, in that regard. Plus you have Justin Jefferson on your team. That 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 could be that that fact alone could be enough to get me to watch. Plus it's on Thanksgiving. So again, more incentive to watch on a on a holiday. Uh Alex Smith I think is interesting because he threw it 55 times last week, most of which were checkdowns, no surprise. <laughs> But I think the Bengals can score a little bit, so maybe maybe they are required to throw the ball a little bit more. 
I'm not sure. Um, but Tua, Tua is definitely interesting as well. Um, I'm probably staying away from Stafford. I think I think I think Cousins is probably if I'm if I'm you, Austin. I think Cousins is probably my play. Probably my play. Yeah, that's kind of where my head was at too. I mean, I I don't trust the Dallas offense to put up points. I think Minnesota should win this one comfortably. But like you said, is it on the back of Dalvin Cook or is it Cousins' right arm in the first half and they ride Cook to the finish line? Yeah, and I don't know what Dallas's plan is offensively. I know they've had a buy. They're coming off a buy, so maybe they've implemented more things offensively to where they're not like the worst offense you've ever seen, but like you know, bottom five offenses you've ever seen. Maybe they crawl up a couple spots. Um, so we'll just kind of see how that plays out. What about you, Brett? Any guys that you're you're questionable on or thinking about maybe putting in your lineup? No. Uh, well, one of the benefits of, you know, recording this podcast and having my opponent on was uh, I was just able to listen to his entire strategy for the rest of the week. <laughs> so I actually just I actually just went and picked up two attack of Vailoa he is now my backup quarterback, so I take that off the board as an option for you. And uh, no, my my lineup set. A little gamesmanship. I, so what this is going to do, <laughs> fellas, what this is going to do is this is really going to put Mick in a pickle because oh, yeah. Brett goes snags probably the, the you know the next biggest uh, available quarterback. Austin's you know back and forth on if he's going to go pick up a quarterback. And then Mick is going to be stuck with the third free agent guy uh, on the wire. But I, Austin, if I'm you, I'm I'm fine with it. I think Cousins is probably my first pick anyway. Um, and I and I just rock I just rock Captain Kirk. You mean you just need? If I'm you, I'm just worried about Stafford getting healthy because you know Dak Prescott going down could have been the killer to to, to your season. Oh, that guy 100% was scoring at was. such a high level. Yeah, because knocking out Dak also knocked out Amari Cooper. He hasn't yeah. done anything without Dak because Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert don't move the needle, believe it or not. Or the Red Rocket. And or Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Right. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So, yeah, tough tough situation there. But, Austin, I, I'm probably sticking Captain Kirk if I'm you. And, Brett, yeah, your lineup probably looks pretty set as well. I don't really think I'm putting anybody else in my lineup. T. Higgins is in that conversation. I, I've, I've said this before. I have unhitched the Jonathan Taylor train to my wagon <laughs> and s- set that thing on fire. So he will be a permanent spot on the bench uh, probably for the rest of the year. Um, you know, my quarterback situation, I've got Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan going going this week. Um, probably going to start Rodgers just to piss Tim, Tim off. And I know he's got a, <laughs> got a tougher matchup with the Colts, but um, if he goes off, it's it's more you know more power for me. I get to ride the Mike Evans train for another week until Christian McCaffrey comes back, uh, in which case I'll have to start either Jonathan Taylor or David Montgomery, two uh, absolutely brutal backs that that will have to get put into playing time. And then A.J. Brown, Tyler Boyd, happy with both of them, and scary Terry McLaurin as well. So pretty I, I, much set on my lineup as well, and we'll just kind of see how it goes from there. Um, all right, gentlemen, before we uh, sign off here, picks – for our highest um, highest projection total of the week, who's going to be the highest scorer? We are officially 0 for 30 after 10 <laughs> weeks of, of fantasy football. Uh, just so you know, Kyler Murray was projected as the highest scorer this week, and he underperformed by mm-hmm. nearly six points. So we're still looking for our first. Brett, you've taken a stab at this, haven't you? 
Yeah, I have just one side, obviously, was one of those uh, 30 that was wrong. This week, though, uh, I'm going to go with uh, probably one that's been picked quite a bit before and Patrick Mahomes coming off of the bye week. That I really like that pick for multiple reasons. Number one, it's Patrick Mahomes, and just by himself has a has a chance to do it. But the, talking with Ian, the Raiders' defense, eight starters haven't practiced all week due to COVID. Oof. So they're basically going out there with no on-field practice for Patrick Mahomes, which could be an utter disaster on Sunday night. So I like that pick a lot. What about you, Austin? Mahomes was high on the list. Dalvin Cook, another guy there. I'm going to go with... Uh, with Alvin Kamara, though, I don't think the Saints are going to want to put the game on Taysom Hill's shoulders or even Jameis Winston's. I think if I were in the Saints situation, I'd probably start Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill's only thrown like 25 passes in his entire NFL career. So I think this is a big week for Kamara with handoffs and a lot of checkdowns, close routes that let Kamara get his yards after the catch. So I think if he plays, he's questionable right now, but I think if he plays, it'll be Kamara. All right, very good. Um... Oh, man. I really don't want to pick Dalvin because I'm going up against him in two leagues. Um, By the way, guys, looking at the projection total, Kyler was one. Russell was four. um, DeAndre Hopkins was 11. And Tyler Lockett was 15. So four of the top 15 have already played and doesn't look like they'll be the top spot either. Give me um, – I don't like Devontae Adams. He's been dealing with that ankle all week. Colt secondary I don't is pretty li- all right, too. I don't like Deshaun Watson. I think you know he has just had a trash year. I know his quarterback numbers have been fine, but I, I would be intrigued to, to, to go back and look at how many and what percentage of Deshaun Watson's fantasy points has been scored in the fourth quarter this year. Um Give me a rookie. Give me Justin Herbert. I, I have a feeling Ooh, he's going to have a bounce back week. Didn't have a great week last week. Um, willing to uh, to give him a crack and see if you know see if he can do some good things. So I'm going quarterback. I'm going Herbert. Plans this weekend, boys, to watch. Uh, you know, next I guess next week I suppose next week to watch any football on on Thanksgiving or are we all uh, are, are you got are you family obligations? Family obligation is watching football, obviously. Love it. So, you, so yeah. n- no, 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 no deter there. Um, okay, well, b- good luck to the both of you this this week. Hopefully, hopefully, thing you know, it's a good, clean fight, and uh, you know, you, but you both <laughs> need wins. Clean. Yeah, you both need wins. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I really need a win against Greg. Really, 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 really need a win <laughs> against Greg. If I'm not hosting this podcast next week, it's because I didn't no. win. <laughs> and I don't want to come on here and talk about it. So that's that's how it goes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Good luck this week. Austin Orman and Brett Woody are hosts here on the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ben McLaughlin. Thanks to all of you for listening. We're back next week. Sometime, don't know when. We'll be, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, it'll be, we'll probably recap uh, Thursday's action at some point and and have this out on Sunday as we always as we always do. So, good luck this week. Hopefully, everybody's players stay healthy. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good weekend.